0: Welcome to Fairdale Christian Church Online. My name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor here. And we're so honored that you're taking a little time to join us for worship this morning. And, you know, we always like to give you just a little bit of a heads up of what to expect. So today you're going to uh, have an opportunity to hear a little bit of worship from our band. And we'll have a time of communion. If you've got some elements, crackers, and juice there at home, we would love to invite you to join us uh, to be part of that as well. And then you're gonna hear a special message that I hope is just applicable and challenging for you. And, and, uh, and, and we'll have uh, just some other cool little stuff that that's happening today. And we're just glad that you could join us online and be part of this service. You know, we, we are so grateful for the opportunity to, to come right into your home or, you know, your hotel room or wherever you're watching at today. But there's just nothing like being here in person. Uh, The experience is never going to be quite the same. And so we hope that whether you're watching us for the first time or the 10th, or maybe you're at home or you're sick or on vacation, uh, we would love the opportunity to meet you in person sometime. And we hope that that will be soon. But uh, thanks so much for joining us online today. Uh, There'll be some hosts that will be watching along with you. If you need anything or you just like to say hi, be sure to just jot in the chat hello or I'm new and somebody will reach out to you. And I hope you enjoy the service. God bless.
1: Well, good morning, those of you that decided to bear the cold.
2: Come and stand and worship with us this morning.
1: do is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in all Jesus
3: Something that I really struggle with is I, I have this self-critical voice in my head, and I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but sometimes I'm, I'm very, uh, I can be very self-critical. Nothing is, nothing's ever quite good enough. I struggle with perfectionism, and I, I often have to slow myself down and take a moment just to remember that the voice inside my head um, is, is not God. And maybe your experience growing up, maybe your experience with Jesus has, has been one that's not super healthy. Maybe, maybe the voice that you hear or the voice you think that you, that you think is God is not him at all. It could be a voice of, of, a, of an overbearing parent or somebody else in your life that just didn't speak to you lovingly. But I love what Psalm 109 says. It says that he speaks to us with a kind voice. When God speaks to us, it's not, it's, it, it's not a harsh rebuke. It's not mean or ill intent. It's not, you're not good enough, but it's kind and it's loving. He desires for us to grow and for us to change and for us to be the best versions of ourselves. But he often does it in a small, kind, and gentle voice. And I, I just, it wasn't what I had planned to say when I got up here. I just, I just feel and sense that there's at least a few of us in the room that can hear that and need that reminder we keep singing as we keep praising him. Everything that we have, everything that we are, even the breath in our lungs belongs to him. It's a gift from him. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he adores uh, us. He created us. We're not perfect, but man, it is so cool that he still uses us. He still wants to be in relationship with us. So I hope you join me as we sing this together. Please be seated. Please have a seat. It's so good to remember that we do not have as much control of our life as we think we do. It's so good to to know that that Christ is there for us. This time in our service, we're going to uh, take communion. And this is a chance for us just to celebrate who Jesus is, what he's done for us on the cross. And I want to invite you to participate. Our ushers are going to come forward uh, in just a moment after I pray, and uh, we'll, we'll just have that opportunity to celebrate Jesus together. Lord, just so thankful to be here with your people, uh, or for those at home watching. I just want to uh, pray over them, and um, uh, just that they couldn't make it today, and, and Lord, we're so looking forward to seeing them when they show up, and uh, Lord, for us here today pray that you would remind us that you look on us with loving eyes, that you see us, that you made us, you know us. You're for us, you're not against us. We thank you that you died for us, for our forgiveness, for our restoration. Lord, and you have good things in store for us. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
4: Well, it's great to see you this morning. It's uh, obnoxiously cold out there, is it not? Man, I hate it. I hate it so much, but uh, I'm glad you guys are here and that it's warm in this room. That's that's the best part. But uh, hey, our, uh, our servers are going to collect our offering. Thank you guys so much for... Uh, for always, always being faithful in that and giving back to the Lord that way. And as they're doing that, I've got just a few things that we want to let you know about um, and, and make sure that we, we know on our calendars. One, if you're new to us uh, and, and maybe you've been coming for a few weeks but we haven't really been able to connect just yet, there's a card in the back of the seat, we call it a belong card, if you take a couple of seconds to grab that and fill out the information and swing by our Next Steps area, one of the volunteers out there would love to to meet you, and if you have been around for a little while and you kind of feel like, man, I'd like to put down some roots here, I like, you know, I, I want to be part of this church family, but what does that look like? We got a special gathering coming up in just a couple of weeks on January 28th, we call it Starting Point, which is kind of like a new member class, but it 's more than that we we talk about a lot of stuff and we, it'd be a chance to meet the staff and some of the leaders around here. We have a great catered dinner that evening and uh, but we just would ask you to sign up first so that we know how many we're going to have that evening. You can sign up on the website or uh, by talking to one of the volunteers in the next steps area and we would love to to save a seat for you for that and and also a, a big thing is you know getting to know other people you know it 's not enough when we just you know, We don't want to just come to church and, and take it in and then leave, but we want to be sure that we're kind of working things out, and one of the best ways we do that is in life groups. It's a small group of people coming together to just to go a little deeper into God's Word, and so in just a couple of weeks, we're going to start sign-ups for our spring uh, life group launch, which we're going to go for six weeks, a six-week study, and would love for you to get in a group. And uh, just meet some other folks, and it'll be a great, great opportunity uh, for, for that. And we want to definitely stop just for a second and celebrate a, a guy that uh, took a major step last week and invited Jesus into his life, and it was baptized into Christ. So give it up for Andrew Willem. You know, uh, in just a couple of weeks, there's a really special day that's coming But we do something that's really special here, and we just want to kind of prep your heart a little bit for that. So check this out. That sounded pretty epic. So just be prepared. It's coming. And it's a great day to invite friends and family. Man, Super Bowl Sunday, we have a, we have a great time. If you haven't been part of that service yet, uh, just hold on to your hat, it's, it's wild, it gets a little wild, but uh, we're really looking forward to it. I, I, I'm excited to, to start a new series today, you probably, you know, John's up here, He's just set such a nice moment talking about the, the kindness and the gentle voice of God, and I've got guys punching each other in the back, so you're wondering like, what, 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 what's going on here in church? Uh, one thing that I know about, about life is it just, it just throws punches. And there is a big difference between those who get back up after you've just taken a, you know, a left hook and, and those that stay down. And we're going to, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a story, kind of a character sketch really, of a guy in the Old Testament, Joseph. Not Joseph with Mary and Joseph and you know, baby Jesus, not that Joseph, but Joseph who uh, you might know him or maybe you've heard the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors that's the guy we're going to be looking at, and there are actually 12 chapters, which is quite a lot. There's not very many people in Scripture that have 12 whole chapters dedicated to their story. But Joseph is, if you look in, and I would love for you to go home and, and read it, because we won't be able to cover everything in just four weeks. But uh, you can find that in Genesis chapter 37 to, uh, to chapter 50, his entire story. But uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a wild, wild ride and, uh, and, and one of the things, again, that I know is, is there's a difference between those who can absorb the blow that life throws at you and, and those that just kind of stay knocked down. We kind of learned that this past year. Uh, our family, you know, this summer, many of you know my mom had a real serious health uh, health scare that, that happened, and uh, it kind of ate up the whole summer for us. We had had plans and you know, some things that we were going to do, it really kind of reshaped the whole summer and had to learn to, you know, okay, be flexible, what do we what do we need to do here and there, and, and how can we help, you know, help mom, and then, uh, and this was just so poetic, I thought, leading up to Christmas, I've been, you know, preaching about, uh, one of the topics we talked about was, you know, staying, you know, finding peace, and and a big part of that is just being able to you know when, when somebody gets sick on Christmas and it changes your plans. You know to be flexible and and of course Christmas morning I wake up sick as a dog and the whole week was just in bed for me, and uh, so all the plans that we had kind of kind of got scrapped, and then uh, and then at the end of the week uh, I was feeling a little bit better, and so we're eating dinner one night and uh, this has never happened to me before, but I got choked on the food. And Megan had to give me the Heimlich Maneuver, and like, it was terrifying. The kids are probably scarred forever, but uh, man, Merry Christmas to us. It was like, the hits the hits kept coming, but I, through all the, the crazy stuff, I, I just kind of, you know, am reminded of the, the gentle hand of God, just reminding me, you don't always know what's coming, but you, you have to remember to stay steady. You and I, we have to learn resiliency. How do you get back up when life throws a punch, these moments of failure and disappointment? There's a, there's a godly characteristic of endurance in that. I want to look at this verse uh, in James chapter 1. It just says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, we well, consider that an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance." has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, then you, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's where I hope that we can get together, that we, will, uh, that we won't try to avoid the hard things, but that we'll look for, for ways to continue to grow through that. So we're going to look at the story of Joseph, um, again, in, in the book of Genesis. And a very unique, very unique person. I believe that he was a guy who his, his ability to take a punch, his resilience uh, was was really on a, on a knife's edge between the struggle with his pridefulness and his humility. And you're going to see this in his story. You know, when you, when you think about it, if you're familiar with it, or maybe, you know, when you're growing up... The, if you grew up in Sunday school like I did, and we had the flannel graphs, and you learned about the story, the you know the coat of many colors, and I always sort of, sort of felt bad for Joseph. It's like he just gets picked on over and over again. But when you dive into his story, you realize real quick he doesn't do a lot to really help himself out. He kind of he kind of makes his problems a little bit more difficult. And and what we're gonna see through his life is that God was God was sanding the rough edges off of him. He was developing endurance through a lot of different problems, and Joseph stayed steady. He maintained his faith, and in many ways, he was blessed because he was resilient. So I, uh, I love reading articles online, and there's one website that I'll go to every now and then. I just really like it. Just, it's just full of a bunch of guy stuff, and it's called theartofmanliness.com. If you want to, you know, just go down a rabbit rabbit hole later today just go on that website there's all kinds it's like how to groom your beard you know how to be you know a leader and and all kinds and one of the articles that I found a couple of weeks ago was was on this how do you how do you take a punch and minimize its effect and as I read this and I'm thinking about the story of Joseph I just kept seeing this these themes that that would just pop up and it's like this is this is it this is what what God is is calling us to do and In the article it says, typically when we imagine ourselves in a fight, we visualize ourselves pummeling our opponent while somehow emerging unscathed. The reality is that in most fights, the other guy will give just as much as he takes, which means you're going to get hit. So how do you take a punch so that it does the least amount of damage possible? Let's find out. That's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks. And we're going to come back to this article over the next four weeks. But uh, the first recommendation that they gave, and we're going to see this played out with Joseph, is keep your head steady by strengthening your neck muscles. It says that the thing that causes knockout punches to the head isn't usually the punch itself, but instead it's the force of its impact whipping your head to the side and causing your brain to slam against the inside of your skull. Doesn't that sound great? So to reduce the whiplash from a punch, you need to reduce the amount of movement that happens to your head after the punch. One way to do this is to strengthen your neck muscles so that you can hold your head steady When it takes a hit, in case you're wondering how you do that, they recommend deadlifts and shoulder presses. So get busy. Get busy when you get home. (laughs) What does this have to do with Joseph? What does this have to do with us? Why are you talking about this stuff, Brandon? This is my challenge to you today, for today, is learn to keep your head steady. A big idea is the more prideful you are, the less resilient you will be. The more humble you are, the more resilient you will be. If you keep your head steady, keep your head on straight, understand your position and who God has made you to be. Joseph was not liked very much by his brothers. Let's see if we can't find out why. Look at the beginning of his story in Genesis 37. It says, this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph... Was seventeen years old. He often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half brothers, the sons of his wife of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Now we're beginning to get a picture here. He's what you might call a tattletale. He's uh, he's an ark. That's what Joseph is, and so obviously. Uh, you know, he's the guy that rats everybody out all the time. Why, why is it so hard to to love a tattletale? You know why it's difficult for, for nobody likes a tattletale. You know why? Because they're prideful. People who are are tattletales are. They're prideful. They're they're the type of people that they they want to go around and they want to say, Hey, hey, I I just wanted you to know this. I wanted you to know what this person did. I would never have done anything like that. But I thought that you should know what they did. They just want other people to know. And that's Joseph. There's a little more to the story. There's a reason why he struggled with pride. Let's look at the next verse. In verse 3 it says that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because... Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, the technicolor dream coat, or whatever you want to call it. That's that's what it is. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them, and they couldn't say a kind word to him. So... His dad, Jacob, he, he's really not doing him any favors here. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's the prized child, Joseph is. He is his dad's favorite, which I think brings up something that's interesting. And nobody likes to talk about this. But, you know, we, we, we recognize that there, there are moments, you know, we, we don't talk about parents having a favorite child. But maybe, maybe you have felt that, um, and, or may, maybe you say, no, no, that's not true. Parents don't have favorite children. There's no such thing as a favorite child. If you think that, it's probably an indicator that you were not the favorite child. That's why, you, that's why you think that. Parents do have, I hate to say this, but they do have favorites. Those change with the seasons. You know, It may change from month to month. It may change from year to year, but there are seasons when one child is... Favored simply because they need the most attention. You know, if you've got a kid in fall sports and a kid in spring sports, well, in fall, that one's going to get a little more of your attention, a little more of your favor just because you're just a little busier. That's depending on what's happening at the time. So that's not the that's not the issue. The issue is communicating which child is the favorite. When they know, then you've got a problem. And that's exactly what happened here. Joseph was Jacob's favorite, and everybody knew it. How did they know? It was because Jacob gave him this, this coat, this robe that was made with many different colors of fabric, which would have been a big deal because that would have been very expensive then, uh, you know, to have dyes for fabric. That was a, that was a luxury item. So this was a very special, very expensive gift that his father gave him. So Joseph, he's a privileged little kid. That, that's what he is. He's the kid that, uh, you know, is wearing the really expensive sneakers to school every day and walking around like this so he won't crease them, you know, or doing the goofy duck walk thing. You know, that's, that's who he is. He's the kid that has had everything handed to him. He's got life a little bit easier than his brothers. It's going a little bit better for him, which is important for us to understand that because there are some of you in this room that that's been your experience and You can't help it, but you have had a relatively easy life. You've had a big safety net. You've got parents who love you, uh, who have stayed together, and there was never a question of whether you would have food to eat or a roof over your head or a job opportunity or an inheritance coming to you. There's never been a question. And it's important for us to know that if, if you live with that kind of favor in your life, it's a very dangerous position to be in. Because it can lead to pride. It, it leads to being puffed up. Uh, it's, it's, and Joseph, he finds himself in a big problem. He's, he's sold into slavery by his brothers. And they tell his dad that he was killed by a wild animal. You know, he must have been attacked. And, and they do this horrible thing by getting him out of their lives. And, and it doesn't just happen because he's a tattletale. And it doesn't just happen because of his coat of many colors. But what really sends the whole thing over the edge is that Joseph just boasts about this special gift that he has. He has the ability to have dreams and to interpret those dreams. God is speaking to him. Through his dreams, and he's able to recognize and understand that, hey, this is from God, and, and God's saying this, and he's, he's showing me something about my life, or he's showing me something about the world. And he can even interpret other people's dreams, as we'll see later on in, in the series. But he makes sure that people know how talented he is, how gifted he is. In verse 5, it says that one night, Joseph had a dream... And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Now, this happens on two separate occasions. Uh, this is, I think it's so funny because he has this dream and he goes to his brothers and he says, Hey, you guys, you guys, you won't believe the dream that I just had. I dreamt that we were all out in the field together harvesting wheat and we were cutting it and we would bundle it up together and my bundle was real big and tall and uh and that kind of that was me like I'm the big tall bundle of wheat and you guys were like little like little wimpy bundles of wheat and you were all bowing down low to me isn't that crazy what do you think that means guys and they they didn't think very much of that at all as a matter of fact they didn't appreciate that he's he's flaunting it a little bit of prideful arrogance says, we're thinking about punching, and my mind immediately goes to uh, boxing. I think about Muhammad Ali, you know, you can't help, you think thinking about boxing, you got to think about, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, you know, all that stuff. And I heard this story, supposedly this is true, supposedly it's a true story. You know, he, he was great, and he made sure everybody knew that he was great too, right? I'm the greatest. At one time, he was on a, on a plane, and a flight stewardess walked by and said, sir, You're going to have to put a seatbelt on uh, so we can, you know, you need to wear your seatbelt while we're getting ready to take off. And Muhammad Ali said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the flight stewardess looked at him and smiled and said, Superman don't need no airplane. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. The book of Proverbs says that pride comes before the fall. You see this in Joseph's life. Here's what happens, verse 19, his brothers said, here comes the dreamer, here he is, Uh, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns, uh, cisterns, and we can tell our father that a wild animal has eaten him, and then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So his his pridefulness has invited this pain into his life, and his brothers, they, they throw him into the pit. Uh, but then they decide, well, let's not kill him. Let's, we'll sell him into slavery. And so that's what they did. And we see Joseph with a, a major prideful beginning. And, and then it begins to change as he grows. And as he, he matures in, into humility. And it comes out very strong. And it's because he was able to be incredibly resilient. When he took a punch... He was able to get back up, to learn from it, and to keep going. We'll see later on in the story, in, in his story, at one point, he's accused of, uh, of uh, sexual assault. He's falsely accused of, uh, and now he's accused of being a, a sexual predator. And he goes to jail, does hard time for a crime that he did not commit. And this guy, you think about him, he has every reason in the world to get back bitter, to be angry when things happened to him that weren't his fault, and yeah, he had a little pride issue, and yeah, he maybe wasn't necessarily helping his situation all the time, but there were things that happened to him that, that he, he, really, he really didn't deserve, and so it would be easy for him to get real hard-hearted, real crusty, real angry at the world around him, and his pride could have really hardened him. But instead, he was able to grow through it. And there keeps coming these curveballs and and punches as obstacles. But with God's help, he he was able to overcome. He learned how to take a punch. And this is what I mean by by saying we've got to keep our heads steady. The more prideful you are, the less resilient you'll be. When When you're prideful, you can't take a hit. Your, your pride won't allow it. So here, let me just give us a good litmus test. Because whenever you talk about things, I mean, here, the, the, the true major problem with pride is, and prideful people, is that prideful people honestly don't know that they're prideful. They, you, you might see it. You might say, man, that person's so full of themselves. But they, it is a blind spot for them. They do not see it. So how can we know? How, how do I know if, I'm a, if, I'm, if I struggle with that? Here's, here's a good way. How do you respond when life knocks you down? Does your world crumble into a million pieces when something bad? And you see people that just, that just collapse into themselves, and they may not say it out loud. But what's behind that is, man, I, I deserve better than this. I shouldn't be treated this way. I'm, I'm smarter than this. You know, I, I've, I, I, I'm more talented. I'm better looking. I'm too great to be treated that way. And when hardship comes, you're devastated by it. I had a friend years ago. Uh, he, was, he was coming to the church that I was serving and got to know him. Just a great, great dude. And uh, he was, uh, life was just going great for him. I mean, everything's going up and to the right. He was engaged to this beautiful girl just as nice just as wonderful of a person as she could be and uh he just accepted christ i baptized him and he uh he he had a good job in construction it's kind of like working on you know building houses and things like that making good money he just built a house and they're you know they're going to get married and so everything's just everything's looking really good for him and then one day uh, just out of the blue, he fell off of a roof and paralyzed him from the waist down, and I remember going to the hospital, and, and I mean, it's just this terrible thing that has happened, and for a while, he kept a real positive attitude. He, uh, he kept kind of holding out hope that, you know, maybe something would happen, and, and you know, the nerves would regrow, you know, whatever, that, that maybe the doctors would be able to figure it out, and he would be able to, to walk again, and, and, uh, and, and I remember watching him over the, you know, for a few weeks, and then those weeks turned into months. He just, he just began to get really depressed, and rightfully so. But then he went from being really depressed to just, just kind of self-imploding. He broke up with his fiance, and, uh, and he's just sitting at home, just gonna, I mean, just made up his mind, he's gonna drink himself to death. And, uh, and for a while, you know, trying to, trying to encourage him, trying to, you know, hey, man, you know, what's going on? But I remember one day going and visiting with him, and he's just sitting there just so discouraged. And, you know, and, and I can't, I've, I've never been in that position before, but I'm watching him. It's like something just kind of in my mind, just it's like a switch flipped. And I said, you know, why, why would you do that? Why would you break up with her? She loves you. She's going to stand by you through thick and thin. She's the best thing that's ever happened to you. What are you doing? And it's like he was just pushing everybody away from him. Just, oh, you know, she deserves better than this. And I'm just, I'm nothing now. I'm half a man and all this kind of stuff. And I remember I finally said to him, I said, man, listen, you you didn't get to decide what happened to you, but you do get to decide what you're going to do with it now. And so... What you need to do is you're going mean, to, basically what I said is, you need to suck it up, buttercup. I mean, I said some other things, too, that aren't church appropriate because he was my buddy. I said, you're going to have to pull yourself out of this, and enough's enough. You know, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Let's figure out life. Anyway, uh, long story short, he, uh, he did. He pulled out of it. They got together, back together. Uh, I married them that summer. They're they doing so great. He started a business um, they have a, one, a wonderful couple, wonderful guy, wonderful, just great. Everything's great. But had he just allowed himself to stay in that place of just, oh, who cares about me? You know, kind of the Eeyore thing of, oh, you know, you know everything's terrible. Life is, is rough and I didn't deserve this. And now, you know, his, his life would have been completely different. He was able to, to get back up because this is the secret. This is, there's a person who knows That God is bigger than your bruises. There's a difference in in, in pride and and humility. You can be prideful and and when the hits come, you'll crumble. You you have a major issue. And and you can be very moral. You can be a very moral person and yet be prideful. You can be very gifted and, and be prideful. God can be using you. And still you can be prideful. When you take a hit, how how do you respond? Do you take it personally? Do you stay down? Or do you say, ouch, that hurt? But these things happen sometimes. You know, I I wouldn't recommend it, didn't like it, but I'm going to keep moving forward. You might have some physical problems. You might have some emotional bruises. You may have some spiritual bruises, but those things don't have to define you. That you, you don't. God is so much bigger than that. I see people who are held back in their life by things that happened so long ago, and and yeah, there is there is trauma and there's issues that we're trying to work through, but we allow that to just define us. And God wants to grow us so that we overcome. If you look a little more forward in Joseph's story, you you read this that when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. So You, you see that even, even right in the middle of this terrible, difficult painful season that he's in god is still with him he's still working it out he still has purpose for his life and he's about to have some great opportunities in front of him and and spoiler alert is there are going to be some more major punches coming too but what we'll see over the next few weeks is how joseph again just continues to get back up he continues to rise above it, and we can too so i'm as i'm closing out today uh I really just want to challenge you with this thought. That the danger of pride is that truly prideful people don't know they're prideful. I, I think, I really believe that Joseph, when he was walking around in that coat that his dad gave him, and he's telling his brothers about this great dream that he had. Hey, you all were bowing down to me. I, I truly don't think he thought man, I'm just so much better than everybody else. I, I truly don't think he realized the level of pride that he was struggling with. It's a, it's a blind spot, and it's, and it's not until life throws us a punch that we realize by the nature of how we respond, are we, are we really prideful or are we really humble? So my challenge to you today is this. Find a way to take a lower seat find a way to give your put to put others above your yourself because the truth is we all struggle with pride every one of us it is an issue some just maybe not as much as others and joseph's brothers they obviously had some pride issues too otherwise they would have just let that stuff roll off their backs but find a way in your life to lower yourself jesus was at a big dinner one time and he's at this this uh this house and he's noticing that you know all the all the big wigs are invited i mean it's a big deal and he's noticing that everybody there was trying to get a great seat at the table they're all you know trying to jockey for position i do that when i'm at the mcdonald's drive through when they got the two things i'm always trying to figure out which one is going to be faster you know and 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 that and that's what it is. It's it's kind of human nature, you know. It's we we always we always look, you know. I mean, you see it in traffic, you see it at, at work, you see it at school. It's all it's just part of us that we always kind of look for the the better the better opportunity for ourselves. We want a better seat, we want a better view, we want a better experience. And so Jesus, he he sees everybody doing this. They're they're at the they're at the dinner, and everybody's kind of, you know you know, kind of putting their, their hand on the chair so that you won't sit on it, you know, because this is mine, but i got to get my food too, you know. And in and, and Luke 14, he says, when you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor, because what if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? Well, then the host is going to come and say, hey, give this person your seat, then you will be embarrassed And you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we've got a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. If you lift yourself up with pride, Jesus, what he's saying, these are the words of Christ. He's telling us, if you lift yourself up, God is going to smack you down. I know that kind of conflicts with what John just said with the gentle, tender voice of God. But it's it's here. It's what he says. If you're going to elevate yourself, God is going to embarrass you in front of others. It's, and and, and when, when I talk about being humble, it doesn't mean that you don't have any self-esteem. It doesn't mean that you go around like, oh, I'm such a loser. I'm, I'm a wimp. I'm, uh, woe is me. That's not what it means. It's, that's not what humility is. Humility means I understand my proper place in the kingdom. I know who I am. I know who God is. I know who he made me to be, and I know what he expects of me. And that's what I'm going to do. It's it's always going to be a tension. There's always going to be that tension. We're talking about identity in Christ. But that's what it is. I'm not elevating myself. I know that only God is great. And Jesus says, if you take your proper place before God, he will lift you up. He will honor you. Joseph, he, he sees this. God actually elevates him to the second highest position in the world at the time uh he's number two worldwide and we'll see that in the weeks ahead but i I really wanted to just kind of level the deck today uh, to see as as we we, we'll dive more into this story this amazing man and the amazing ways that god used him even with all of his hang-ups and all of his problems but he, he used him and he blessed his life and he blessed his family through him and i just really want us to embrace the character quality of endurance, and not getting bitter when we get hit, that we don't get bitter, but we look at it as an opportunity. Just as James one tells us, look at it as an opportunity for great joy, because God is in it somewhere. That's a life that God wants to bless. Let me pray for us, Father. We thank you for for loving us. Thank you, Lord, that you are gentle and kind, uh, and and yet you are also you are also almighty god who holds our very lives in the palm of your hand so lord as we as we continue to live in this in this world that you've made we live in these bodies that you've created i pray that you'd fill us with purpose and help us to to understand our position that we might not think less of ourselves but that we, we would just think of ourselves less that we might look to honor you in everything and that we might look to take a lower seat so that in due time we know that that you will lift us up i thank you lord for the example we have uh, in joseph and and most importantly we thank you for the life of jesus and the hope that we have through him and it's in his name i pray amen well god bless you guys i'll see you next sunday
0: Hey, hope that you were blessed by today's service. We're honored that you were joining us. And listen, if you'd like some more information about the church uh, or if you'd like to contact any of us on staff, we would love the opportunity to to chat with you. You can find all that information on our website at fairdalechristian.org. And we'd love to to hopefully connect soon. But hope that you'll join us next week. Have a great weekend and a great rest of the weekend and a great week. And hope to see you soon.